What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stream of Thought. This is episode number 15. 15. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to keep talking. Yeah, episode 15. So in this episode, we start things off by talking about my uh, kind of stronger awareness of chemicals and food processing and kind of how that's affecting me the last couple Hormones, of days. HDH. Yeah, just all that weird stuff. Uh, and then we also talk about my little observation of this guy littering and how it just really got under my skin and what I wanted to do and say to him. Which obviously tra- transferred into this conversation about how you confront people and if violence is ever an appropriate <laughs> response to a particular situation. And of course, when you're talking violence, you naturally just think about politics. And so we spend a little oh bit of time gosh. talking about politics, specifically the news media and how there's just this two, these two separate worlds that we're living in. Yes, and by separate worlds, he means conservative and liberal, in case you can put that together. But yeah, you make it sound like I wanted to punch a guy. Okay, never mind. That's <laughs> <laughs> On this episode of Stream of Thought, <laughs> we, <laughs> we hope you enjoy. <laughs> Uh, it's a good teaser. Always filled with surprises every time we do this. Okay. We're back again. Back at it. Uh, I should have got a refill. I know. I was surprised that you didn't do. I know because I didn't want to be drinking a whole bunch of coke and be up all night. Um, which is why I just stuck with one. Um, but I have to say again how fulfilling that meal was. I was so hungry. Dude, of all the fast food places, Portillo's is gold. I know. Absolute well, gold. this is okay. So this is exactly what happened um, because I told you how I wasn't, I hadn't eaten a whole lot, and I was debating between McDonald's and Portillo's, and then I thought to myself, well, Portillo's, it's way higher quality. Um, would much rather spend more. And I got, I, McDonald's freaked me out a little bit um, for semi-obvious reasons. It's McDonald's and it's like, yeah, that food tastes good, but it's pretty fucking scary. Uh, scary. Like that food, like just the food. You know how... That it's not actually like food? That, yeah, exactly. Because here's why. This is, this will, this will explain why I was so hungry. Um, I was, wa- I watched a video the other day on Facebook and it was like this chicken that got rescued from some religious ritual by someone who was undercover that saved the chicken. And then it ended up like living in their home. And there's a video of this like chicken, like a pet, like happy walking around. It had like, it had toys and it had a little area where it like napped. And it was like a pet. And I was like, oh, how cute this chicken. And it got me thinking, um, you know, am, do I really want to be consuming meat? Because I've I've thought about this for maybe like a year or a year or so, okay. um, not because it's like not because I'm like trying to be cliche like oh I'm only vegetarian I don't eat meat I have no <laughs> I have no problem like if if we're out in the woods eating a rabbit or hunting a deer yeah. because it's of nature but the stuff that's out there today is just farmed on such a mass level it's like frightening about with all the The shit that they yeah with all the shit they just pump into these animals and and the and food and all um which is why i was having second thoughts on and off for like a year and then i saw that video and i was like "Eh, i don't think i'm gonna be eating chicken anymore because these animals have like feelings and they have animal friends and they're just these other (laughs) living things and so i decided no i'm gonna pass on that then uh i think after that video or shortly before a couple days before, I can't remember, I saw another video of this guy who had these boxes of cereals, like Lucky Charms and, I don't know, Cheerios or something like that. And he was freaking out because there was an ingredient on there, I think it's called trisodium phosphate, and he used to be a painter. I bet Ray knows what this is, for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the hell it is. Uh, along with all the other ingredients that are in there. You can't even pronounce half of them. Yeah. Um, and it's a trisodium phosphate. It's like this ingredient that's used, ingredient, it's a chemical that's used 
to like eat away at paint. Okay. And it does a few other things. Um, and, I, and when I Googled it, I found all of the industrial uses for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is this doing in food? Like, this is so weird. And I found on Google, I think it was Wikipedia, it lists all the different things that it does and that it's used for. And then and it's in relatively it's – in, it's in detail for the most part. But then when it comes to food, all it says is – Use as a food additive. So I'm like, okay, what does that mean? I know food additive is just it's used in food. That's what it means. Like it doesn't explain why it's in food yeah. um, or whatnot. That's all that it says. So then I kind of started thinking. I was like, okay, what is this doing in food? Someone explained to me why this ingredient or this chemical or whatever you want to say uh, is in food. What's its purpose? I couldn't find out why. And so after I saw those videos, I kind of was just like, oh, damn it. I am not eating any chicken or sausage or any other meat. Um, I'm kind of freaked out. I don't really want to buy any pasta or instant rice because this trisodium phosphate video has got me freaked out. And so I just – everything? No, it's not everything. And so – but it just got me thinking of the general – just the general fact that there's all this crazy shit in food that really doesn't belong there. If someone could explain to me why these things are in food, in food, that would be great. But I don't know why they're in there. Um, and so that's why I hadn't been eating a whole lot because, like, I had a salad the yesterday for lunch. And then I went to work and I had a couple of uh, the ramen noodles. And then – I got so I got home right I got home at night and I just had a bowl of cereal because I didn't have any groceries and I was hungry and that's, I just had a bowl of cereal I didn't eat anything today and so I've had very little food to sustain my activity for the last you know twenty four to thirty six hours. So this video scared you into a diet? Not scared me, but it just like got me thinking and it prevented me from buying food that I would normally buy um, on a, on any other basis because it just kind of got me. In de- defense mode. Yeah. In addition to that, I saw another video, and Where are you finding these videos? These are just these are just random videos on Facebook. By no means oh do they hold. God. Listen, listen, listen. By no means do these hold any scientifically proven facts. But it just I'm just saying it got me thinking. It got me thinking more. Yeah. But uh, it was it was a video there was a compilation of other videos showing how food gets made and this food is getting how food is being made. Like, um, it showed like a cabbage getting made in a factory that like wasn't even real cabbage. It's just like all this. It's, I don't even know how to explain this dude. It was kind of, it was super weird and it was a little bit scary. Cause then it got me thinking like, what there's now 7 billion people that live on this planet. Yeah. Like what was it? 20 years ago, 6 billion or yeah. something. Right. That's pretty fucking insane. Um, but it got me thinking, like, even the people who can afford to feed themselves on a regular basis, there's not enough food on the planet to feed any to feed everybody. So that's why, like, I all this uh, – and I know we're more, like, consciously aware nowadays. You hear people talking about buying organic and non-GMO and all yeah. that stuff. But, again, it just got me thinking, and I'm just like, you know what I need to do is I straight up need to just have my own garden and feed myself. That's why I was so fucking hungry, but it was Portillo's, and so I caved, <laughs> and so, so that ordered that double ham. Yeah, right ordered there. that double hamburger. Yeah, French fries and Coke. Oh yeah, um, but GML that's up, why. Man. Well, I mean, that's so. Yeah, Brooks from Minnesota. One of my yeah. friends from Minnesota. Uh, every time I light up a cigarette, he's like. Well, you know, I'm not going to... Every not puff gonna, takes 10 days of your no, life I'm not away. No, I'm not going to judge you for it because we're all going to get cancer anyway. And oh, it's, right? so, it's yeah. so true because you see just the, everyone has cancer these yeah. days. Every person has cancer. And a lot of it has to do, as I understand it from the reading I've done, is that a lot of it has to do with the food that we consume. Is that there are these chemicals and things like that that lead to an increase in the likelihood of cancer. Which is why since we've had this microwave... Uh, revolution of these you know fast food joints and easily reheatable right. stuff it's like there's a reason this food is lasting longer than is natural 
Yes. It's because there's preservatives in there yes. that are not found in natural sustenance. Yeah. And it's for to preserve it, to make it last longer, that sort of thing. And it because it was interesting. I actually there was a recent article that came out that was talking about the rise of, of cancer rates in uh, Africa. I forget where in Africa. But they've been importing meat because meat consumption in the US outpaces everywhere else. We, oh, I'm we sure. love our meat. And and Europe Europe loves its meat too. Mm. But like we are obsessed with meat. But you have this meat craze now going down into a lot of these third world countries. And so they're importing this processed meat. And you're seeing a correlation in the rise of cancer rates in those country locations where they have the imported meats from. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, you're n- you're not wrong, in my opinion. I you're not wrong to worry about that sort of stuff because it's not it's not natural. It's weird. Um, it's totally. And you think too. Well, like, what you gonna do? I mean, that's sort of my attitude. It's like, what you gonna do? I mean, I'm I'm not gonna grow my own garden. I mean, as nice as it is, maybe maybe when I get a house that has a space for a garden or something like that, yeah. it'd be nice. But a garden's a lot of work. That's a lot of upkeep. Well, because when the- when we were kids. My family had a garden, and it it was a lot of work. That Weeding, is the watering. cost of being healthy, I guess. Of not eventually getting cancer. I mean, you can't grow your own chickens and cows. So no, you're gonna you're that. gonna have to do something do about that. meat. I know. All I'm saying is, I'm. There were a few things I saw that struck a chord that have made me that have made my awareness a little stronger than it has been in the past. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Why you get your information Facebook? Oh, ah, Facebook. I, I cannot, I cannot con- condone getting factual information. I didn't Facebook. say it was factual. I'm just saying it was, uh, it was information that I got on Facebook. Um, but I got some information here on trisodium phosphate, but we can come back to that. Uh, I don't think we're going to come back to that. The other thing that I wanted to mention about food was actually we talked everything i think we discussed everything about food it was with trisodium phosphate chemicals slash uh meat that, that those were both of the few things that you <laughs> yeah. wanted to talk about wow all right uh Man, you made it sound like we had i know this whole, like, i know i know, thing lined I know. Up. I was, but you I know what really something that i'll mention that you can probably ask me questions about was uh <laughs> the other week or the other week uh two days ago I did work on as an extra again on the show Chicago Med. No way. Yeah, so nice. I, I went to, this was only 6 hours, thank goodness. So I was there from about 6:30 until 12:30 at night. Yeah. At Navy Pier. And it was cool like it was different being outdoors. It was weird. I'm not in actual set, so there were like people walking by taking pictures and video and stuff and uh there were not I mean there were not a whole lot of people in terms of the extras, so that was nice. Um, and there was a bit of a rain delay where it, for like two hours, and we still got done at like 12.30. Anyway, um, and this time it was cool because I got a regular movement I had to do. So the rolling, you know, action, I had to like walk and then go around, and it's like reset. The other times I'm just standing there that I did it. I didn't have okay. to really like walk around and do anything. But <laughs> that's really all I have to say about that for a, for a moment, like nothing too exciting. Um, I ran into the lead actor in the bathroom, and he was like doing his hair, wow. and I um, I stood at the urinal, take care of my business, and I thought to myself, I couldn't, I did, I didn't, I never heard anyone leave, but I couldn't see him in the corner of my eye either. So I'm, you know, buttoning up my pants because I go with buttons on my jeans and not zipper. You're so weird. Um, and I thought to myself, there's no way he's still standing there doing his hair. You know, button up, turn around. Sure enough, there he is. Nope, doing his hair still. And I had like a quick little conversation with him. And he was super nice. And I go back and I actually ran into somebody from my um, from one of my previous acting classes, Jeremy, who was his stand-in. So he like just stands there when they're testing the lights and camera before oh, they actually get okay. everything going. And he's a regular. He's a stand-in for that season, so he's there all the time. He has a little pass. He can eat their the same food that they eat, you know, which nice. is like different, which is a level up from the food that they give extras. Um, but he was telling me like, oh yeah, he's always like messing around like with his hair, and it reminded me of Ted Mosby, oh, you yeah. know, always <laughs> trying to like screw around, make it make it look 
you know, choreograph his hair in a way, it's like style a, his hair in a way that it looks like he just rolled out of bed. An but un, it's an unkempt look. Yes, but yeah. it's perfectly manicured in yep. to a certain degree. Uh, but anyway, see, this comes natural. Yeah, this I know. The, but what is that? A number four, number five? <laughs> I have no just idea. Right across the top. I still use my childhood barber. Do you really? Yeah. She no Norm. Longer, she, oh no 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 no! no you Sue. told Sue. Sue at Five Corners. Sue at Five. She, she. You told me she makes house calls, right? Yeah, because uh, they raised the rent at Five Corners, and so now she she works. Have uh, you had anybody else ever? Mm, I went to a great clips once. How long ago was this great? How long uh, ago? I was a kid, nine years okay. old, ten years. Because one time you old. came over to Neil's house, and the back of your head was real fucked up, but I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> Oh, probably because I did it myself. Like, oh, did you? There, you, there you, you did, okay. When I would, when I would fuck. Yeah, myself. it it looked fucked up, but I didn't want to say I used anything. To have a fucking rat tail. You did? Yeah. For real? Oh yeah. I didn't have a rat tail, but I had a pretty whack ass like, haircut when I was in like fifth grade. That was a nickname I had back in junior uh, elementary. The school, rat tail. That was like a nineties thing. I, I saw a guy today uh, or the other day with a with a uh, oh, shit. What's it called? Party in the back, business in the front. Mullet. Yeah. But it was a weird mullet because it was it was as if his whole head was kind of like your haircut, yeah. like really short. But it the mullet wasn't like a full straight on mullet. It was just it was it was weird. It was really weird actually. Okay. Um I don't really know how to describe it. It was like a half ass mullet. If that makes any sense to you at all, a half-ass mullet. I- okay, so for example, like with a mullet, you know how like once, you know how once the where your the top of your head starts to meet the back of your head, yeah. that's where the hair will be long, mm-hmm. right? So it went down like another inch and inch and a half, oh, where it was still short. Okay. So on the back of the head, where the where the top of the head meets the back of the head, it was still short for about an inch, inch and a half, and then it got long. That's why it looked oh, so okay. weird. Yeah, yeah, I can like, see that it. is so fucked up. I mean, I had a natural cowlick. That was... I remember when cowlicks were a thing, when everyone was gelling their hair up. Oh, I have a natural cowlick. But, yeah, but it's when my hair is super short. I haven't had my hair super short since, like... I had my... I did buzz cut a couple times in college when I was a senior, like, for a semester. It was like that, and that was it. It's so weird picturing you with short hair. Yeah, I can't even... I don't even want to think about it. It's be, gonna be one it's of the so things, like, unnatural. It be so unnatural. Shave, it doesn't shave for I know. forty years. And yeah. Are you gonna grow your hair out for the rest of your life? I did. Are you get, gonna die with well, here's hair? this. I did get my hair cut the other day. Uh, you might be able. I can. It's a dramatic difference for me. I don't know if you can tell because a lot of time I have my hair. Yeah, it's more feminine. You must be oh like gosh. curved or something. No, dude. It's just shorter. Can you tell at all? Yeah. It's sign- it, for me. It my looks mom even. My, it looks even across. My mom was like, uh, my mom was like, uh, it's what did she say? She's like, I can't really tell. I was like, are you kidding me? It's I can totally tell. It's way less hair. Um, it is way less hair. Anyway, enough about me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, real quick, so what, what I wanted to mention yeah. about the Chicago Med thing. I'm standing there in front of the, this this place I'm supposed to be at, and these people walk up behind me. Um, they're just like random pedestrians and it's like at night. So they're one of the last few people on the, at, at Navy pier and they're like talking and then they turn around and they walk away and I, I got a glimpse of them and then they turn around and they walk away and I, and, and through the corner of my eye, I see like movement and I hear something hit like the bushes. Um, cause they, I was standing next to the merry-go-round so it was like a little tiny, like one foot fence, some like small little bushes, and then the merry merry go round. And I hear something like hit the bushes, and I turn, and I see the last bit of movement of this thing because it, it hit the ground. It was a cup, it, so I saw like the straw kind of like do a last minute move thing, and I thought to myself, this motherfucker just tosses his cup into the bushes on my watch. I got real fucking pissed. I hate when people litter. Like, I, I think it's it's one thing if you, if you, one, don't litter. Don't fucking litter. Just don't do it. If you, you know, if you have a piece of gum and you have a wrapper, stick it in your pocket. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so, 
And it's one thing if something's like paper, because that's going to disintegrate and dissolve. I get that. I won't be as much of a Nazi about that as, you know, other things. Cigarette butts, rabbits eat them and kill them. <laughs> um, and anyway, so I see this motherfucker, like, through the corner of my eye, I see this movement, the thing, and I turned, and I wanted to say something to him t- so bad. And then I hear, rolling, background, action. I'm like, fucking A. Gosh, so I would have a little confrontation. I would have, dude. I would have loved confrontation because it's like how, like, just so blatantly lazy of a mother. Like you, I'm getting worked up just thinking about this. This fucking douchebag. Just like, who do you think you are to just like toss this plastic cup in wherever the wherever you want? Was he in a suit? No, he's just wearing like a polo and just, just like shorts. A, a, just some a douchey Chicago and a fucking douchebag with some girl, and just throw your cup. Wherever you want, yeah. It's Navy Pier. Like, there's a. You're bound to run into a trash can. There's and, trash cans and, on every in the next si- in the corner. next thirty feet, any direction that you walk in for thirty feet, there's going to be a trash can. That would be pretty upsetting. I could I could see myself saying speaking up. In an I do like because the thing is with me, something like that, I would have been like, "Hey, asshole!" <laughs> like, I would have been. I would have gone zero to a hundred real quick. Really? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, asshole. You're going to pick that up? You need me to shove it up your ass for you. And I don't know. That's exactly, well, exactly what I was thinking. Well, you're fully justified in whatever your response is because yeah. I have no defense. Hey, douchebag. I mean. Yeah. You think that impresses your girlfriend? You think that just tossed it to the side? It's the cool thing, man. But were you going to say they have no just, they have. Uh, There's no justification for it. I mean, they can't defend that, that action. No, they can't. In any way. It's not just like, oh, well, there's no garbage cans around. Yeah. There's a fucking garbage can. Yeah. You know, you're about to run into one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Gosh, I love... I love, but I also... See, I enjoy confrontation when it gives me an excuse to puff my chest and, like, talk down on someone for doing something so... Uh, for doing something that they shouldn't have done. But when it comes to, like... Uh, I'm at a restaurant or wherever, and I haven't having to ask three times for like water. Like I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to rock the boat. I understand that they're busy. Yeah. You know, if my if my meal isn't exactly the way that I asked for it, I'm not going to send it back. Like I'll just man up. Like I'll just eat it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a ruckus like that. But when someone is littering or just being an idiot, like what about uh what about, okay? So this actually kind of transitions into something that I want to talk about, which is. I had an interesting conversation with Ray this week about uh, confrontation. And when somebody does something wrong, is there any, are there circumstances where a violent response is appropriate? What do you think? Like a physically violent response or like verbal, like violence, like conflicts in general, violence, like verbally saying like, I'm going to kick your ass. Like fisticuffs. Like, okay. It, where is there a situation that warrants violence? Are there are there casual situations that you may encounter that warrant physical aggression towards the person committing whatever wrong you you see in your eyes? I'm gonna say right now, unless my mind changes otherwise, no. You like so. you, you're saying, like if someone does something, like for me to just all of a sudden go up and like punch him in the face or whatever. Well, okay, let's expand it. Okay, how about this? This is what I have thought of. Yeah. If I'm with someone, if I'm with friends, okay, so for real, if I'm out at a bar, bar, if I'm out at a bar and I see someone like uh, grab my friend's wife, like I'll for sure step in there and immediately. Okay, yeah, let's use that as an example. Yeah, oh, I'll do that for sure without hesitating. Mm hmm. To throw, throw and if it's not even my or, not girlfriend or wife, but if it's like someone of my good friend, and they and they like grab so like my friend's wife's ass or something weird like that, I'll fucking immediately go zero to one hundred. Maybe I I won't hit them right away, but I'll maybe uh, hit. I'll maybe push him on the chest or something like that. See, and but that's the thing. I don't I don't see you getting that aggressive. I really even if it comes to the fact of you. The other thing is that's never face. I don't think that you would ever instigate violence. I think that you would provoke violence. You would see if you know if okay if they, if they try if they if they push you away or something. But I could see you getting up close in someone's face 
and then if they touch you at all, then you flip out. I could totally okay, see that, what you're saying. but I couldn't see you instigating the violence yourself. I do want to say that's never happened to me, so as of right now, this is all talk and, and all theory. There's, you no, know? there's no actual yeah. anecdotal evidence to go off of. Uh, yeah, my friend, uh, my buddy Cox, when we were in college, he always, he has this, um, this not like theory, but the mentality like if you're in an altercation, if you just raise the stakes real fucking quick, the other person like won't realize what's happening and they'll just automatically back down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, if you just bring the, the level up real high. Yeah. Then, what the fuck have I just gotten myself yeah, if into? You just, if you escalate the situation exponentially in an extremely short amount of time, the other individual or party will be thrown back a little bit by the, how quickly the situation escalated and as a result will choose to walk away. Yeah, because you've proven in that moment you are more yeah. s- unstable than they are. Yes. And they have to be <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the stable force. Oh, fucking crazy! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then again, this, is all, this was always done when we would just be like, when we'd just be uh, drinking a whole lot, and it'd be like anywhere from totally. you know four, six to ten of us in a pack uh, together. So mm-hmm. I was. It, this was really funny. I was. I was not there when this happened, but I was told of this story that my friends were in. I think they're in Broad Ripple or somewhere, which is like an area in, in Indianapolis where there's a whole string of bars, mm-hmm. and. Um, and there was some type of like altercation between my friends and these other guys. These other guys, and they're getting each other's faces. And one of them is like, "Hey, so and so," like from the other other group of people, like, "Get the gun!" And they're, and they're like, <laughs> like, "What?" And the guy grabs a fucking gun from their van. And I think my friend John like made him look. I think he's. I think he said something weird to make him kind of like think like what like. Like, oh, what, the four of you guys share a gun or something weird like that? Like, something, <laughs> yeah, just, something. something just to throw them off. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> um, I cannot recall the exact details, but they're like, yeah, we're going to fuck you up or something. And then somehow, I think it was Sweet Lime, we, we nickname him. He somehow ended up on the other side. So he was like, if someone was walking by it would appear as he was with them. Yeah. And I think Hyatt or someone told me, like, Sweet Lime, what do you do? No, Sweet Lime, stand on this side. Like, no. and, and so then it just kind of, the situation, I believe, just kind of diffused ba- solely for the amount of confusion that there was between the two parties. Okay. And I think it just dissipated. And and uh, and then they were like, and I don't know what happened, actually. Um, I don't know if they just walked away and they're like, oh, yeah, no, you guys are pretty cool. No, yeah, you guys are pretty cool, too. Like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know ex- the exact details. I heard this story a couple of years ago. Um but yeah, that was a situation that I don't want to be in, escalating, and then, you know, I've got a knife when the other guy's got a gun or something oh, like that, or I'm ready for a fist fight and he's got <laughs> brass knuckles or like a broken bottle. You know, that's a situation you don't want to find yourself in. Yeah. Not to mention, you have no idea who out there. It feels like just anybody this day, yeah, they could be a master in, I don't know, however many different martial arts there are that go into UFC. You do not want to be that guy that picks a fight with a UFC fighter, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, my approach is it, um, I, I view violence as an action of last resort, right? Right. It's when you when there is no other way and and, and it ends up you being have to have to choose fight or flight. Yeah. I would I would actually probably flight rather than fight. I, I, I think this is so funny because what is this episode 15? Oh yeah. Uh for the yeah. 15th time uh, we're going to mention Chris Hardwick again because totally. I think he mentioned that in, in the episode that I was listening to recently. They were talking about like fighting. I think it was maybe with Joe Rogan. I don't know. I can't remember who. I think it was someone that had a background in fighting. And like, oh, yeah, no, you never want to – even though I can kiss someone's ass, like violence is – fighting is always the last, absolute last resort. Yeah, totally. But, yeah, I just enjoy uh, – I don't know what I enjoy. See, I mean maybe – wait, What? You enjoy? I was about to say I don't. I, I, I was about to say I was about 90? to say no. I was about to say I enjoy when someone's being a douchebag. I enjoy establishing my dominance over them for them being a douchebag and making them realize they're being a douchebag. How successful do you feel like you are in that endeavor? Uh, I don't know. I just something I think about sometimes. I don't know. See, my my attitude is is I. I I try to take the approach anyway of socially manipulating 
people into oh, defusing yeah. the situation. And it, it tends to work pretty effectively because when it comes down to it, people just want to be heard, right? So right. violence tends to escalate, especially when in the bar scene, because people aren't feeling like they're being heard or understood, which, I mean, there's a good reason for that. But even, I, yeah, there's just a, there's a way to talk to people to be able to be like, yeah, you're heard. I, I hear you. Like, I, I know, like, yeah. you're real. And I've actually heard a bunch of, I think NPR had some a TED Talk series on the podcast that I listened to, their, their TED Talk series, that just talked about how basically... Uh, it was somebody was giving a talk about how basically as soon as they acknowledge the the legitimacy of a person's anger and it's like yeah totally like i understand if you keep you know if you keep talking i'm gonna punch you it's like yeah i get it i I understand you're gonna punch me so i'll stop talking and it's like oh and it totally just changes the dynamic as soon as you as soon as you sort of because they're pushing right yeah you're pushing back it's like push 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 you just let go Right. And their weight just carries them and they stumble. Yeah. And they and that's normally enough to diffuse the situation. It's like you Interesting. just release and let them just like, whoa, like, because then they realize like, whoa, uh, maybe I was getting out of hand. Yeah. Because when you're just like, it's totally cool, like just cut it off. Yeah, you throw like, something I, they don't expect. I hear you. Respond with love and compassion. Yeah. And they'll be like, what? The, I don't know how to respond to that. But that takes that takes instinct. That takes training. That's not something that you can just do hey douchebag <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you stepped on my shoe asshole yeah yeah uh yeah that's pretty interesting i don't know where it was that all of a sudden the last few years i'm not afraid to just get in someone's face if they're if it's if it's warranted you I think, know i think it's just getting older i think it's experience not putting up with bullshit yeah we see we see so much bullshit that we've we understand the different forms of bullshit that exist and we're yeah. able to call it for what it is. Yes, especially when it's done so poorly. Because I mean, we come from Glen Ellen. The best of the bullshitters live here. Yeah, I mean, Fucking really, a. we we grew up where bullshit was literally what we dressed in. Yeah, it was it was something that was just part of our nature, and so we smell it out really well. Yeah, no one bullshits <laughs> as good as as good That's as the environment dude, that we're. I did not. In. I yeah. I and didn't so, really think about that. It's you know, true. you got people from the all over the country that that sort of learn how to bullshit as they grow into their work environment, right? Right. But they've learned how to do that at a later stage. Fucking in been life, dealing with this shit grown. since middle school. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we, we know it. We see it. <laughs> we know all those little code words. Or yeah, that's so true. Facial cues or things like that. We we know bullshit, dude. That is so true. I never thought about that. It's so easy to make fun of our town. But it's so easy. Hey, I I'm I'm not saying anything bad about the fact that no we live great in a place of, of bullshitters because they're good people. Just, great place, but a lot of dumb bullshit, bullshit you got to put up. Exactly, with. it's just dumb bullshit that is just part of the environment. It's not yeah. necessarily individual base yeah. it's just the environment that we live in very very affluent very the image means when i worked at a rest when i worked at reserve 22 uh the head chef would always just be <laughs> so fucking pissed like he would he's not from here but he'd just be like say sometimes like fucking hate the people in this town so, I mean, it's from people from, you know, Glen Allen or Winfield or Wheaton or, like, whatever the surrounding affluent areas are yeah. would come here with this sense of entitlement, you know. Not everybody, but when you work in a re- – so when you do – when you work in a restaurant or any retail, you deal with more bullshit than the average individual. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Totally. But he just gets so fed up with stupid shit that people, like, would would make a big deal out of, out of stuff that didn't need to be made a big deal out of. Like – uh my onions aren't cut thick enough on my hamburger or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's not enough ice in my drink. Yes. Or People whatever. who are very particular about the perfection of their food. Yes. And again, that's one of those that's one of those bullshit things that you can sort of learn later on. Yeah. That's like a lazy bullshit type thing of, of Or like, hey, superior. give me a drink when the when the uh patron actually says that you should get them a drink for free because they go there so much. Like, they're entitled to, like, a free drink for how much money they mm. spend there. Something stupid like that. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, make it extra make it, make it extra strong, will ya? Yeah, sure, you can, you can pay for that. Another, you know, 250 for another shot or whatever it is. But it's like, no, just 
I'm here to do a job, and this is how it works. And if you don't like it, you can fuck off. Like, yeah. gosh. Yeah, everyone, in my opinion, should um, be put in a position of service prior to graduating high school or college. Like, that should be a prereq to life. Be put in a position where you have to serve others, whether it's waiting tables or bartending or shining shoes or something where you have to deal with people so you realize how much of an asshole you, uh, you can prevent yourself from being. You know what I'm saying? And it's interesting because there has been a push for that. In the political realm, people have been talking about that for like a decade now, just trying to do like some sort of national service yes. uh, registry yeah. for, for kids. Like kids all sign up for uh, reserved or for the, for the military. We have to sign our whatever in high school, right? Once we I do 18. remember that, yeah. And it could be the same way with sort of volunteer work that people have been trying to figure out a good way to to be able to incorporate, you know, the service element. But it's so true, man. I mean, society would just be so much better if everyone had to serve other people at some point or another. Like, had to actually be of at the service of someone else. Right. Because that is such a humbling experience. Yes. And for the first time, it forces you to place yourself in someone else's shoes. Well, that's why when I went out with uh, some classmates today and we went to a bar... Uh, we were outside, like, at, at the table, and um, I ordered, like, a, I got a beer, but I didn't want to be just a sitting body because when I was a waiter, I would think to myself, okay, here's a table of six people. Okay, they're all getting one drink each or an entree. Okay, whatever. But, like, if there's six people there and two of them are just sitting there drinking water, that is money that I – am not making that I could be had those two people ordered a drink each or so. Like, that's how I'm thinking. That's how every waiter thinks. Like, how much, you know, is this table going to provide me a significant tip so that it was worth serving them? Which is why if I'm at a table, I'll at least buy a drink just so I'm not just a body sitting there. Mm -hmm. Some restaurants will actually charge you if you don't order anything mm-hmm. they'll charge you you know five dollars just for sitting there even if you don't order anything just so that you're not sitting there taking up space yeah and a, time from their because that's i don't person. think that's necessarily something that's abused would you say that i i no. necessarily haven't worked in the very few industry. very few times will i go out and be somewhere that i only drink water or just sit there or maybe i'll meet up with someone real quick do you experience a lot of instances where lots of people just choose not to order food uh no for the most part dude i think my volume is just way down i think you're looking i think that you're not close enough to your mic i would have to be this close no 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 ricks ricks I was. I tried to give you a nonverbal cue by giving your microphone closer, and you chose to continue but to I'm recline at, back look, like this. Look, I mean, your distance. Let's just compare distances. Maybe because I, I have, have to a louder be four voice. inches. Four, whereas I have to be four inches. You're twice as twice the distance. I maybe just am speaking more loudly. The measurement, the levels are the same. The levels are the same. And I will say that Rick's. I was listening to an episode of The Nerdist again, and I believe. I remember Chris Hardwick saying to his guest, hey, uh, you really need to get up in there. These are just radio mic." He made some indication that you really need to get up in there, meaning you really can't deviate from the microphone. So with that being said, I'm right and you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, and you're just realizing this now because you're the one facing the monitor. Uh, Moving forward, uh, what were we just talking about? Restaurants. Okay, so for example... Uh, By the way, that was our regularly scheduled sound. Yeah, I know. I know. I didn't want to say anything, but I thought to myself, yep, there it is. Uh, (laughs) Chris Hardwick, check. Uh, Sound sound issue, check. Um, 15 episodes, every episode in, 15 strong. but what were you asking? Have have I ever served somebody who didn't order anything? Or Is that a common occurrence? I mean, do you notice that there are lots of times where people won't order in a group? 
where there are certain. There's like one person that doesn't order anything. Yeah, or something is that, like that is that relatively common? No, that's not very okay. common. Not in my that's, experience. That's, that's not at least during like a dinner rush or a lunch rush, you know, yeah. on the weekends or something like that. Um, usually, <sighs> that only happens when people are like in and out, maybe waiting for somebody to get down on the golf course, and they just need a place to sit, or they just want to get like a coke or something. Yeah. Um, and that's. I mean, not it's not it's it's in my experience, it didn't happen like all the time. Okay. I mean, I I tend, but granted, I don't I don't like eating out at restaurants. Really, I'm just not a fan. Of I love eating, eating out at restaurants. So I mean, if there's a group of people who want to hang out and they want to go to a restaurant, a lot of times I won't order just because I think it's a waste of money. Yeah. But I I want to be with those people. I yeah. Hang out with people. Then I would say you but, are. And you are obligated to at least order a beverage, even if it's Coke. Why would I do that? Because you're taking up space. So? So maybe you should have been in a position of service, such as waiting no, or there, shining. There, there are no... Hey, I was I was a target cashier, and I was a pastor, so don't talk to me about <laughs> being in service of others. Please. So, my attitude How is, many people? Is that it's... A, what? How many people... Normally, it's a group of six or more. Okay. I would say that that evens things out because there's enough people to make money off of for a tip. Whereas yeah. if, it, if it's like two people, I don't know. No. I mean, and we if it was four or more, I would I would have more of a voice in the matter and say, yeah. I don't want to go to a place to spend money. I guess what it is is uh, even if it's four people, it doesn't make a difference whether it's th- three people or four people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're essentially a ghost sitting there and maybe – uh, water gets sir, goes gets you're getting water refilled, which I don't really do. The bus boys usually do that, or yeah. the are the um, the food runners, yeah. you know, do that too. But I guess I'm coming from it from a perspective where I'm working an eight to ten hour shift, mm-hmm. and if that happens, you know, a few times in my brain, I think to my I add that up, and I think to myself that could have been an extra twenty, thirty, or whatever that could have been. See, I see that off as, a, as a selfish mentality. Yeah, cool. So when you're uh, relying on tips to pay your bills, I don't think it's selfish at all. That's why you need to wait. Right? When you're the minimum wage, people shouldn't be no tips. people shouldn't be bitching. But that's about, not my fault. People, well, here's what I'm getting at: is that because that I walked into that that was a temporary thing. The only reason I I did that was to not pay my bills, but. To save money. Yeah. I just did that to save money. It was, it's not like I was a full-time waiter. No, I you know understand. what I'm saying? I understand. Um, but, uh, and you said, that's why the minimum raise, the minimum wage should be raised. No. The minimum wage would probably be perfectly fine if everything else wasn't so fucked up. I can't remember who it was. It may have been Trump. I don't know. But I heard someone say, again, could have been Trump. I have no idea. That anybody... Maybe it was Obama. I don't know. Anybody working a, working forty hours a week, whether it's you know cutting grass or or um, working in a hotel, changing bed sheets, or doing whatever it is, forty hours a week should be able to sustain uh, a moderate living, mm-hmm. being able to pay all their bills on time, and should not rely on government subsidies. Mm-hmm. Even if you're working a minimum wage job, working 40 hours a week, you should be able to make enough to earn a decent living and not rely on any outside sources of income. Uh, like, again, government subsidies or link cards or yeah. unemployment or whatever that case is, right? So going back to what you were saying, the minimum wage should be, wa- should be raised. No, it just shouldn't... Things shouldn't get fucked up in the first place. Okay, that happens. Got it. No, people should not be trained to go get a job and work for someone else. People should be groomed in elementary school, middle school, high school to be creative and do something that they love and create a business out of it so that they're not relying on anybody else for money other than themselves and their passion and their hard work for something. That's fine, but you have to you have to look at the practical reality is that in in the world that we live in, there are those who lead and those who serve. Not everyone can be a leader. Not everyone can. That's true. Be there are people. There are roles for people to serve. I mean, it's always been the case and always will be the case. It's it's part of our human hierarchical structure, whatever the case is. Is that we there are people who organize 
and there are people who do the grunt work. Right. And so it's always just a matter. And and the people who do the grunt work have always been treated with less reward than the people who manage because it's seen that the managers are like the glue. They keep everything together. Right. And the grunt people are interchangeable. They're just are they replaceable? They're replaceable. I they're love just labor. I love looking at human uh, society in terms of what you're just saying right now, um, and looking at dude. I'm just fucking. I'm fascinated with ants. Just the like the efficiency of ants, the hierarchy. It's pretty remarkable. Just shit getting done. Like twenty four seven, yes, unity, yes, exactly, and it's just like wow, like every every the, every little ant has their job mm-hmm. to do, whether you know it's the drone or worker or queen or whatever it is, like the drone or the everybody drone or not drone. Um, I say drone. You know what I, what happened was yeah, I thought of. Uh, I thought of because uh, some ants have wings. I think oh, those I are know. like the scout I, ant. I don't know what the technical the, term is, but they're slightly bigger mm-hmm. and they aren't the you know. It's not like they're not the worker ants. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. the hierarchy is. Uh, the different levels. Um, the drones. Yeah, <laughs> they fly. They fly. Yeah, and they're somewhere in the middle. Um, but you know what? I also heard. Is that because you know people just bitch and moan about what about me? What about me? There's not enough money for minimum wage. This and that, that and this. You know, it's just human nature to bitch about something. If you're, you know, if there's something to bitch, you, I do it. I bitch about everything. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but somebody had pointed out that like every living thing on the planet, uh, including plants and animals, you know, strive for however it is that they're designed to operate, strive for maximum efficiency. You know, a plant will reach for the sun so long as the sun is shining down on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, birds, same thing. Sloths, I mean, I don't know what their deal is. They just kind of hang out. Then again, that's how they're designed to move real slow. But humans are the only animal that choose to be... I don't want to say lazy, but choose to not shoot for the stars. That we're not biologically oriented to maximize efficiency. Correct. That it's not inherent in our nature. That it's something that we have to work at or something that we have to be I think it's there. I think it's there, but you have the choice to just... We, like, train ourselves out of it. You... No... So every choice that's made is made out of, you know, I mean, it can be argued love or fear, pleasure or pain. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the choices that we make are based on pleasure, what's easy, because why would we want to do anything, you know, difficult? Then again, we live in a slightly different environment than just an animal. With There's other, you know, there's certain circumstances that mm-hmm. force you to play in the world that's been designed by humans with money and all sorts of other, other stuff. Um, I kind of forgot what I was just talking about right now. <laughs> I lost my chance. I, I was starting to talk and I was like, wait, what am I talking about right now? Maximizing efficiency. Yes. When it comes to animals versus humans. Yes. Perfect example, Netflix. People are like that regularly. I've Okay, honestly, I've sat around watching Netflix probably eight to ten hours in a day before, but I don't do it all the time. But there are people that fucking watch, what, 40 hours maybe of Netflix sometimes a week or more? What was that? I said my brother. Oh, your brother. Yeah. Family guy. Oh, my gosh. I had a college roommate for a semester. Maybe it was, oh, it was a semester. This dude watched, okay, no joke. He would watch Family Guy or The Simpsons on DVD while on, and it would be like muted while listening to music that I could hear through his headphones while playing World of Warcraft. This happened from 7 p.m. through, you know, 6 a.m. Would sleep until like 4 in the afternoon, go to class whenever. I don't know when he went to class. I was out all the time because at the time I was pledging ATO. But anytime I'd come back, 
in the middle of the day, he'd be either in class or napping. And when I'd be sleeping at night, I'd wake up and he would be playing World of Warcraft, watching the Family Guy on DVD and listening to music. It was like a complete whack-ass schedule that he was on. Hmm. Yeah, I could see, I, I know people who had that schedule, that type of schedule. I'm I feel like I've just personally. been talking a whole lot. You have been. What do you want to talk about? That's let's fine. talk about how you need to get closer to that mic. <laughs> let's, let's talk about how you're going to have a lot of audio. No, to do after that's good. Shit. It's good. It's good. Everything's cool. Everything's, Everything's cool. Everything's cool. Hey, man, as long as you can hear me, that's the important part, right? I guess. No, man, people. Damn it. I'm waiting. People need to be of service. People need to learn how to be of service. And I'm not saying to, like... like it'll help people listen a little bit better, too. People I'm not saying I'm very well. perfect or, like, everyone should, like, look at we me. We all know that. We all have our, as my dad likes to say, our idiosyncrasies. Yes. Um, but it's just something that I observe. If something... If there's anything that I can do better or that I'm lacking, please, anybody out there... Let me know so I can be so I can maximize my time Dude, on we Earth. We only have better. an hour per episode. I don't. Uh, think I don't know. Sometimes enough. we go a little longer. Everything's good. All right. Everything's well, cool. Everything is always cool. Let's start with just how casual you are about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. It would take too long. Were you going to say something and then I interrupted you earlier? A second ago? Many times. I feel as though this has been an ongoing right. thing. I'll just not talk for no, about cool, ten man. minutes and let you say whatever you I would, want to say. I would rather not because I'm not in a flow right now. I'm when I'm in a flow, I don't mind talking for an extended period, but you can't just play, okay, Ricks, talk. Yeah. Speak for the next ten minutes. Because that's not going to happen. <sighs> I'm good. I said everything I needed to say. You had a lot to say. Um, which is good. It helps process. I know. I do. It's funny because now, remember last week you were saying, like, I just feel so great after we do this. Totally. Right now, I'm like, okay, I, I did all my talking about stuff that was on my mind. I feel my mind feels a little less cluttered. I feel just a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think the main the main thing really for me was just, gosh, aside from this, it's not... Something's I'm to keep bothering it, you. Well, no, I I'm trying know. to keep it from being an obsession. It's not an obsession, but it's just it's a it's a reoccurring frustration that I have with the state of culture that we live in. Bring it on! I'm all ears. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to get too much into this, but it just kills me the fact that America. We live in just two totally separate worlds, depending on the type of media that we consume. If we consume conservative media, we live in one world. If we live consume mainstream or liberal media, we live in another world. And it's just so weird to think about. So, for example, I was working with Ray, and you know, we, we hang on, we let me get comfortable. We fall. We, <laughs> just we, kidding. We fall on on different sides of the political spectrum. We both know that. We both respect each other's perspective for me it was a huge moment of catharsis where i had this point of revelation of just being like listen he's he's a good guy trying to do good in the world and trying to live an intentional life by every every moment that he's faced with a choice to make the right choice right intentional living Mm. being a being good person that's what matters in this world if we all are just focused on our own actions because that's where that's where energy should be right is on ourselves and improving improving our own actions that's all we can ask. You know, we, we may not have perfect ideological views. We may not have a perfect political understanding. But that's okay, as long as we're trying our best to be good people. The problem is, though, is that for those that do consume conservative media and live in that world, they're stuck in that world. Because not only has this alternative reality been created... But that altern- the, the people in that alternative reality say you can't trust anyone else. They're all lying to you. The only people you can trust is us mm-hmm. in the conservative media because we tell the truth about the world. No one else will tell you the truth about the world. And the truth that they give about the world is not consistent with reality as okay. a whole. And it's very frustrating because for me, I like to consider myself a relatively dispassionate political observer. And... Is what I'm saying making sense? Yes, yes. Okay. 
and I like I like to view things objectively. You know this. This is something I've always I've always been able to approach things relatively objectively and, and give advice that's sort of impartial from my own personal beliefs. And for me, re- like reality matters. You know the okay. There's a perfect example. So when I say that conservative media lies to its viewers, I don't mean they tell lies, but they distort truth to make it seem to to make their point about the reality that they've created, which okay. isn't the actual reality. So this is this is a prime example. Three months into Trump's presidency, I think it was Fox and Friends did a segment on so three months in, the unemployment rate was down to like thirteen percent and jobs were, you know, fifteen million and the economy was the strongest it's been in years, three months into Trump's presidency. So let's look at Barack Obama's presidency three months in. Uh, Well, uh, unemployment was really high. We had a huge debt, and our budget wasn't very good. And uh, and so that proves that look at all the great things Trump was able to do three months into his presidency versus look at how horrible the country was three months into Barack Obama's presidency, which means it proves Trump is a better president Mm -hmm. than Barack Obama. Now, you know that Obama took over during the Great Recession, right? Yeah. And so, like... They're leaving know, that part know, out. Knowing, knowing rationally, right, three months in doesn't mean anything when it comes to changing the course of a, a, a nation's economy. Right. right. So, but they're saying proof that Donald Trump is the best president in the history of the world is because three months into his presidency, the numbers are great, Versus three months into Barack Obama's presidency, the numbers are all horrible. Yeah. Those are all numbers and facts that are real, right? But those are but all numbers totally... and facts based on the previous person who was, like, in office almost. Exactly. So it, it's not like they're comparing the end of Obama's presidency yeah. where the economy's great and then, you know, yeah. the end of Trump's presidency where the economy's going to be wherever it's going to be. Right. They're, they're misrepresenting reality to suit their narrative because the conservative media narrative is Trump is always right all the time. And it, that's the that's reality. It, it doesn't matter what he says; he's always right. He can't mm-hmm. be wrong. And it's just incredible the sort of gymnastics that conservative media is able to do to continue to say it doesn't matter what he says, even his most blatant lies. Still, they find a way to defend and be able to justify and rationalize and all this. Mm-hmm. And for the casual political observer, people who will only watch like. Sean Handy at night and maybe Fox and Friends in the morning, the only reality that they get is this reality that Republicans are the saviors of the country who are trying to do right, and Democrats aren't just wrong, but they have evil in their hearts. And that's what conservative media tells them, is that Democrats and liberals have evil in their hearts. They want to hurt you. They want to take away your rights. They, they, They want you to feel pain. And that's what hurts me so much, is that I know this is the type of media that people like Ray consume, and this is what they hear about liberals and Democrats and uh, you know people who disagree with them politically is that they have evil intentions mm-hmm. that they they that they are Satan incarnate and they want to do wrong to other people. And at the same time, they're being told you can't trust anyone else except for those people of us who are all agreeing with each other. You can't trust anyone on the outside. Yeah. You can't trust mainstream media. You can't trust facts. You can't trust scientists. You can't trust. Uh, uh, scholars and researchers, you can't trust them because they they're all li- Democrats and they're no, liberals. Because they want to lie to you and they want to control you and they want they want to take away your rights because that's all they're interested in because they have evil in their hearts. And so it's the motivation that ends up because you know I'll hear just offhanded comments which Ray doesn't think are political, but it's it's stuff like. Well, yeah, I mean, most Mexicans are illegal immigrants who are stealing American jobs. For him, that's not a political statement. That's just saying reality Mm -hmm. because that's the reality that for him that he knows because that's the only reality that's presented is that Mexicans are illegal immigrants who are hurting the country. Right. So if you are a Mexican, likelihood you have gotten here illegally. But that's not his fault, right? Mm -hmm. That's, That's what he is being told by the news that he is told he has to trust above any other sources. Yeah. So it's like you can't blame him 
for receiving information that he is being told is legitimate and that everyone around him is being told is legitimate and everyone in his I'm the only liberal that he that he's associates with really like I'm you know I, he'll So then he'll what's the flip side what's the the if someone who is cuz I know you're super liberal but you also oh, are man. the type you're also the type that will that will man up and say, okay, this part is wrong, or I was I thought this, but I actually now think this, who will actually factually go through and adjust your point of view based on the information that you have researched and absorbed. Whereas what does it look like then from the very opposite side of the spectrum? What's, oh. some, what's somebody like Ray on the liberal side being told by the liberal outlets? Man, the, those are people that probably frustrate me just about, probably more okay. than conservative than conservative consumers of news. Yeah, someone like Ray, because liberals like to think that they're smarter than everyone else. Liberals like to think because they have access to Google and they're, <laughs> and they're able to to get these random facts that they're superior because they have this knowledge at their fingertips and they're yeah. able to memorize it There's, long enough yeah. to be able to tell you yeah. be like. Well, you should you should know this, and and you're a bad person if you don't, yeah. because I told you now, so you better change you better change who you are, yeah. because I just told you this fact, and uh, I knew it before you, and I just learned it ten seconds bef- before you did, and now I'm telling you this, and I'm smarter than you. Yeah, and well, I mean, there's also there's also this sort of this move. I don't know if you've heard about these the cropping up of uh, the prop or the the emergence of safe, safe spaces in colleges. That wasn't a thing when we were in college. Uh, well, shout out to anybody who went to school at Purdue University. Uh, free zone. That was a big thing. And uh, when I was a part of the Boiler Gold Rush BGR, it's like an orientation program the, the week before classes begin to just help new students get acclimated. So freshmen. But uh, when I was in it, we, we had to become politically correct and call it new students because not everyone who's going there is a first-year student. They might be a tramp. Okay, freshman. I don't think anyone's going to get offended if I accidentally call them fre- – like, okay, got it, whatever. Uh, also, we had to call them uh, – what were it? Uh, shit, not dormitories. We couldn't call the – oh, residence <laughs> halls. We had to call the dorms the residence halls. We weren't allowed to call them dorms because by definition, a dormitory is, I don't know, some fucking room with, like, bunks that house 20 to 30, some stupid, like, uh, definition. Yes. So So we had to call it residence halls. And and this thing we call – we had this thing called free zone. Uh, which was uh, this ideology that everyone should be treated with respect. Those are safe and, spaces. That's yes. safe space. Yeah. Yeah. And whatnot. Stuff that's like pretty common sense, but a few people need to be reminded of because they're just so um, uh, oblivious to reality, I guess you can say, that like, yes, people who are homosexual are real people. Like they shouldn't be treated anything less. People who – are have a skin color that's not white are normal people that should be treated like everyone else people who have red hair are normal people just like everybody else i don't just, know about that just like stuff like that so it was called free zone okay yeah those are those are the safe spaces that, yeah that are all over college campus are these are, are these physical spaces or it's just called a, it's a, an ideology it's safe an space ideology. okay it's cool safe, yeah safe so it's free zone yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. so that there there's a lot of this social justice warrior stuff going around that you have to be politically correct all the time and if you're not politically correct on college campuses then we're going to make sure there are repercussions for you either in the form of media harassment social media harassment will make everyone know that you're a racist or a bigot or a homophobe Mm -hmm. or through the administration we're going to report you to the deans and make you have to go in for mediation and things like that Mm -hmm. and it's very aggressive uh in a lot of places because you have you have a lot of these do-gooder liberals who who have learned that Google exists and and are able to to learn about the the fact that injustice exists in the world. I mean, oh my goodness, did you know injustice exists in the world? Like shit, I fucking <laughs> learned that injustice exi- existed in the world in college too. Yeah, but you know what? I didn't go around telling everyone else they need to believe that injustice injustice yeah. exists. It's something that you have to experience on your own. And getting up in your face and getting super aggressive about it is not constructive. And I understand where that ideology comes from because I was a fan of James Cone who started up Black Liberation Mm -hmm. Theology, which was a very aggressive ideology that basically said that white people need to sit down and shut up and listen Mm -hmm. to the black experience, which I understand and appreciate. And I think that 
that that is necessary in certain instances. But on a day-to-day basis, you can you cannot live in a society where where the default attitude is if you're a minority, you have the right to get into the face of someone who's a white straight male. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, dude, I that's that's the sort of attitude and approach that I really despise on on the left. The the, the know-it-all uh you need you need to act right, and I'm I'm going to constantly be badgering you about it. If not, it's different if you have a relationship with a person. Because I knew a bunch of people who were very social justice oriented in seminary, and would often correct me whenever I say, say referred to God as a male, like referred to God mm-hmm. as he. Um, but but I had a relationship with them. I knew that they cared about me, and I cared about them, and so. I could say stupid shit. I could say sexist and and yeah. and dumb shit like that, and they would correct me in the way that you know somebody might do on on the street right now. But we had a relationship, yeah. Right? We had we we lived in the same community, and for me, it didn't bother me. Like shit rubs off, mm-hmm. runs off my shoulders, no problem. You can say whatever to me. I'm not going to take it personally, and so that helps too. But a lot of people in our position, white straight males, tend to have that ego in the way and get very defensive when they're told that they're wrong. So I find that it's not a very effective approach. You know, you got, you got to have a relationship. That's why part of, part of what my ministry was, was bringing the black experience to white people in the sense of white people need to learn to just listen a little bit better. Like we do. Everybody chill out. Everybody be cool. Be cool, honey bunny. Love your neighbor, man. Be Love cool. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's pretty damn simple. I thought to myself, that would be a great sign-off. And then when you said, love your neighbor as your... And I was like, as my sign-off? <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that what you're going to say? You, yes, you got me. I think it's about that time. Yeah. Damn. I was going to say... Um, I was going to say... Well, what I was originally had planned to say doesn't necessarily conflict with what you were saying but it would take time to explain why i would say that so i think yours you just came up with one for us love your neighbor love your lo- love thy neighbor as thyself right if we want to go king james version, yeah we'll just say love your neighbor love your neighbor man love your neighbor 